Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. Hey there, this is Stuart from Thrive Today. Just before we jump into this episode of Thrive Deeper with Matt, I wanted to draw your attention to a brand new resource in our Thrive Equip stream. We've just released Christian Beliefs, a seven-session video series presented by Pastor Matt, unpacking some of the fundamental beliefs of the Christian faith. Now, Matt answers questions like, who is God and who am I? Why am I here? How does Jesus make a difference? What is the ultimate purpose of the world? Now, the video series is free to view on our website, thanks to the support of our Thrive Today financial donors. We're confident that these Christian Beliefs videos will deepen your understanding of the core beliefs of the faith. You might also like to use them as a resource for your small group or Bible study, of course. You can find the Christian Belief series and all our other resources at thrivetoday.tv. That's www.thrivetoday.tv. One more thing. While you're visiting our site, can I ask you, would you consider joining our listener support program with a monthly donation? It's through our regular donor support that we're able to continue to provide these resources, including Thrive Deeper podcast for free. You'll see the donate button at the top of our homepage. Now, let's jump into the next episode of Thrive Deeper with Matt. Well, Matt... Here we are. New Testament, Stu. Yeah, into the New Testament, out of Kings and Chronicles, which was great, but also kind of, man, missed my There's mind. There's no but for me, Stu. No, 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 I, 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 know, I, I love, oh. the, I love working through the it, Old Testament. I, oh, you yeah, know, it was great. Um, yeah, it is, of course, complex. And Kings and, and Chronicles was, yeah. was complex. Uh, what we're looking at today isn't without complexity. Oh, absolutely. But man, there's some. Good juicy stuff today yeah, to yeah. talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even know how we're going to get no. we're going to get through it. But there's some really I've found this really challenging. Actually, yes. what I've read in these chapters of Corinthians, we're going to uh, attempt to get uh, sort of five, uh, six or seven chapters, chapters in, in, but we'll see how we go. See how we go. Yeah. So we're at uh, Thrive Deeper episode 151. We are going to try to get uh, through 1 Corinthians 1 through to chapter 7. We'll see how we go. Mm. But just a bit of context, which is important here, because I think these letters that we read of Paul's, we need to remember that they're written in the context of what Mm. was going on at the time, uh, where they were written from and who they were written to. Uh, Corinth was a very strategic city. It was a port city. There was a lot of trade and traffic going through there. It's probably one of the reasons why Paul planted a church there, because it was a great opportunity for influence uh, on one of his earlier mission, uh, mission trips there. There were lots of temples in the city, Greek, Roman gods, all yeah. those sorts of things. It was it was probably considered to be um, one of those sort of more. Um, it's a very it's a very cosmopolitan yeah very city cosmopolitan. very uh, very Greco Roman city yes very yes. much uh, given and, to Greco Roman ways of thinking you yeah, see that in yeah. the letter and quite promiscuous in terms yeah. of you know from from a sexual point of view very yeah. you know lots of you know temple prostitutes and those yeah. sorts of things so Paul Paul when he first planted the church spent about eighteen months living in Corinth as as a missionary getting the church up yeah. and running in a sense and mm-hmm. drawing people in which was great formed the church community and you can read more about that if you want to listeners in uh, Acts. 18. 
But then, of course, Paul moved on to start churches in other cities, and mm. we know he planted a number mm. of churches around the Mediterranean world. Yeah. But just a few years after moving on from Corinth, probably three, three or four years, yeah. Paul starts to hear reports about some of the challenges uh, within this relatively new church, mm. um, possibly from Chloe's household, but also clearly they received a letter, or he received a mm. letter from someone yeah. within the Corinthian church asking questions about issues that were creating yeah. sort of division in the church. So, mm. Matt, why don't we... Uh, Jump into this is that. an interesting. This is an interesting church. Um, in some ways, I think. Well, the church that 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 we're part of, particularly churches that are familiar with this that the sort of charismatic stream, uh, yep. and this is very much the case yes. in the in the Corinthian church. I think can relate to a lot of these issues now. This is a church that had been remarkably gifted in terms of spiritual yes. gifts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's you know uh, prophecy and words of knowledge and mm. and 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 tongues and and yeah. I mean it's you know it's amazing in one sense what's happening in this church. But but for Paul, that's not the main. No, it, that's that right. had become the main thing. Wow, look at us! Mm. Aren't we powerful? Aren't mm. we great? We're so spiritual, mm. and. Um, and in fact, and, they potentially became an idol to the church. You know those yeah, things. In, in a, yeah, yeah. In, in a way, um, as, you know. So because it's easy to think, you know, if you isolate those chapters, it's easy to think, oh, this was a really spiritually advanced. Church. He he pays this doesn't pay many compliments. No, that's right. <laughs> he says no. Actually, you know, I mean, hmm. basically, what he's saying to them is that you are you're very far from being spirit. In fact, you're more worldly than spiritual, hmm. uh, because of course God gives His gifts by grace, not yes. because we earn them. That they they're given by grace, hmm. and then it's and then we need to steward them obediently and in wisdom and so forth. Yep. Now and humbly, of and course. that kind of isn't really happening in this church. No. It seems. Also, what's happened? There's there's a couple of issues here. So it's very much in a, as I said, you know, before it's in this kind of Greco-Roman context. Yes, very much steeped in Greek thought. They're thinking, they're thinking still much more like that. You know, that mm. sort of Greek way of thinking. A lot of emphasis in the Greek world. You know, you had these traveling teachers called sophists who would go around and they would teach the young. They would be hired by wealthy families and they would teach your. Your, uh, your, your young son, uh, they would, well, I mean, sort of coming of age son, really, yeah. they would teach that boy how the art of rhetoric. Yes. How to, how to make your, they, they weren't interested in what was true, really, yep. so much as, as how to convince someone <laughs> of what right. you think is true, really. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, because, because the way that, uh, you know, the way that, um, the that sort of Greek Greco Roman Roman world kind of w- works the art of rhetoric in the in the you know uh, in terms of the politics and and the way that they did court proceedings mm, and mm. if you could talk your way out of that was the that was the supreme skill and um, yep. so, uh, so so there's a strong emphasis on that so, so you had these people t- they're very kind of um, you know very focused on sort of um, being that convincing, charismatic personality. And you see a bit of that kind of reflected here. Because Paul, while he's while he has spiritual authority, um, he evidently is not a very dynamic speaker. No, evidently not. Yeah, he's not a dynamic speaker. And and also his message even though he's he's uh, really intellectually a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he's, you know, he's not stupid, this guy, and he's very well versed in philosophy. Mm. Um, In fact, one of the the, the major centers of philosophy were Rome 
Alexandria and and actually not so much Greek, even though he does go to Athens. Uh, Athens had been displaced as one of the main centers of philosophy. It was actually Alexandria, Rome and Tarsus was was a center of Greek uh, philosophy in those days. So he knows his stuff and yet he's preaching a gospel which, you know, the kind of complaint, it's sort of... um, it flies in the face somewhat of that agenda. That's right. You know, to, to make something convincing in a sort of natural, rational sense. Well, he says, well, it's compelling, but not quite in that way, in a, in a you know, in, in, in the way of convincing talk. It's actually convincing in terms of really heavenly power. Yeah. You know, he says here, you know, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. So... So you've got this church that's a little bit enamored with sort of per- the kind of personality cults of its day. Mm, mm. Um, uh, and there's also, I think, the issue here of um, a, a, a sort of sense that um, more has been fulfilled or, or they're further ahead in God's sort of timeline. They don't really get they, – they think on oh, this is, um, you know, that they, they are have become these – uh, sort of ideal human beings yes. in some sense, and we've made it. Yeah, we've made it, and yep. and so so it's what some scholars have referred to an, as an over-realized eschatology, uh, and what that means is is that they um they, they're putting themselves sort of in in a more ideal future and thinking yeah. they're there already because yes. we're you know we're, we're so spiritual and and. Paul is saying, no, actually, no, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and which is why, you know, at the end he goes on to talk about the resurrection and, the, you know, mm. actually, come on, there's, there's mm. uh, a lot still to come. Mm. Anyway, so, so I think um, let, let's talk of some really interesting issues going on uh, here that this letter brings up. Mm. And they've, I think they speak really powerfully to that. It's why this is so interesting to talk through uh, this letter. Yeah, yeah. The first issue, of course, Stu, is, the, is this sort of personality cult. Yeah, that's right. They've... This church is d- divided, fragmented. Because they've had Apollos, they've had Peter who've come and preached and yeah. taught at the church after Paul left. Yeah. And they all agree on things, but people have started to pick, oh, I like the way that guy talks yeah. better than the way that guy talks. And Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you've got an Apollos group and yeah. a Paul group that's and a right. Peter, Peter group. group. I mean, they've all, uh, and, you know, in, in a way, in, in the ancient world, that's kind of how it works. Different, you know, different people, you, you, the, the sophists would have, they would have their disciples. And, yes. And, you know, but... Uh, you get this divided church, and it's interesting in the light of Jesus' high priestly prayer in John uh, 17, yeah. where he says, I pray, the one thing that he prays for is that they would be united. Right. Yep. And yet this church is just fragmenting. And Paul's mm. going to say, well, well, you think you're so spiritual. You're, mm. this, this is actually the worst thing that can happen That's right. is to be, you know, to be divided. And so he... Uh, he really stands against this sort of personality cult. We don't, mm. we're not following people here. Yeah. Uh, and he emphasizes the fact that, you know, different people have different roles. You know, Peter had a role, Apollos had a role, I had a role. That's right. It's not like one is better than the other mm. so that you get, no, we all played a different role. Mm. You know, uh, I planted, Apollos watered, you know, and yeah. they, so. And then uh, he uses the building analogy as well. The building needs builders. I laid the foundation, and then the builders yeah. need to build on top of it. But they don't expand the foundation. The foundation's already laid, yeah. and they build on the foundation. Yeah, that's so he right. used those two kind of yeah. analogies to need to yeah. kind of explain that to the, to people. But Yeah, so so as it says here, you know, one of you says, I follow Paul, another I follow mm. Paulus, another Cephas. And, I mean, uh, I, I, I love the way that he uh, – that he answers their questions 
he and and and, ta- and speaks to the because he always brings them back to the bigger picture. We're going to see this throughout. Yes. He always brings them back to the. Hang on, what, let's just remember what this is all about. Yeah. Uh, and later on, he's going to talk about the body and the different parts of the body, and some aren't less and some aren't more. That's we right. all have, you know, and in a sense, it puts us all on a kind of equal footing because everyone is necessary. Mm. You know, whereas they're looking, and I think this is a real challenge today, Stu, because personality cults are just oh, exactly. rife today. I mean, yep. you know, people say, oh, yeah, I love that. Mm. I love that speaker. And, you know, and it puts then puts so much pressure on church leaders to be everything to every. I've got to be everything. Yeah. Whereas really the healthiest way is that, that each leader has, has a certain strength in a certain area mm. that's going to be compensated by, by other people within his, you know, within his church because there are different, uh, slightly different approaches to leadership. Mm. And, and it's not like, therefore, oh, that leader's better than this leader because we're not following leaders. No, that's right. You know, it's all about we're, Jesus. We're disciples exactly. of Jesus. That's it. And it takes it whole church to make a disciple of Jesus. So it's not actually about the leader. It's not even about how you know how uh, articulate that leader is, or how good because that was the big thing in this case. Yeah, that's right. Um, that they were running. Who was the most uh, convincing? Yeah, running after the most articulate guy. Man, as if that's not a thing today. Mm. Um, so, so I think that tendency we see that very much uh, today. The other thing that he addresses is this idea of superior wisdom. Yes. Yep. They're all running out, oh, this guy's got, he's got the superior wisdom. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and of course, it's against the background of this kind of Greco-Roman context, like superior, this is, this is where philosophy is born in this, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like yeah. philosophy is a big thing in this time. So this idea of superior wisdom, you know, yeah. uh, this superior insight, and it wasn't philosophy. wasn't a perhaps a, a dry kind of thing as, as perhaps it, what it became in the modern period. I mean, it was a very, um, you know, it was very much. It was almost kind of spiritual. You know, you have right. this enlightenment, this intellectual enlightenment. You know, and right. I know the answer now. Yeah, 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 and and so you know, so they would follow after teachers that they mm. felt like were really, you know, enlightened and so mm. sort of higher knowledge. But you get to that higher knowledge by the use of very strict reasoning, the very strict yeah. rules of reasoning yeah. by this stage. So Paul, I love, I love the way Paul points out that, that, um, you know, the message of Christ, you, you first believed in Christ and the whole way of salvation is foolishness really. Yeah, yeah. So why now suddenly is this human wisdom so much more important than yeah. than the very thing that's got you to this point, you know, yeah, that's exactly. got you these gifts, it's like. Yeah. So you know, and you've got a church here that's got Jews and Gentiles like most uh, of the early churches. Yeah. And and the problem the problem is here is that okay, the Jews are looking for the signs. Uh, and the and the Greeks are looking for the superior wisdom. Yeah. And Paul's saying, wait, wait a second here, folks. You 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 um, this is going to lead you up the garden path. In fact, Pete, you know, if you've got a taste for that, mm. uh, you're just you know prime candidates to be led astray. Led astray, exactly. So he actually, again, this is where he comes back to the nature of the gospel. gospel. Let's just remember the nature of the gospel. Mm. It's about God becoming flesh. The infinite, eternal God, unchangeable, mm. becoming, existing in time and yeah. space, yep. 
like that is a mm. you know that is a, what I mean Kierkegaard Soren Kierkegaard the uh, philosopher that I studied when I did my PhD uh, referred to that as the um, absolute paradox mm. it's the absolute paradox yeah. so at the center of the Christian faith is something that for Greek very strict logical Greek thinking mm. is a paradox but that but just because something is a paradox does not mean it's not true no that's right it's only not true if you think that there's nothing else exists than than the space-time rational universe but i mean we already know we already know that that's not the case and we know that salvation is a mystery in itself yeah that's right and so you can't explain it you know and yeah that's right so he you know and this is where he brings us back to you know like this this kind of philosophical wisdom is not going to get you there it's like a ladder it's going in you know incomplete i mean there's a lot to say i mean i could i could do a whole series of podcasts just on this uh but it's just not going to get you there, yeah. and uh, and you know, of course, it's the the he says the gospel is foolishness to the Greeks, a stumbling block to the Jews, because of course they're talking about a, a crucified Messiah. Yes, so, yeah. In as much as the idea of the eternal God, the eternal logos, which in Greek philosophy they had this idea of God as the eternal logos, and John addresses this when he says, "In the beginning was the logos," translated as yes. a word. Yeah. He's speaking directly to, but you know, he then says, "And the logos became flesh." Mm. You know. Mm. Um, uh, which is an offence in in some ways to this kind of Greek thinking, uh, to certain streams of Greek thinking. Uh, so you know, it's foolishness to the Greeks, but it's an offence to the Jews in that, like the the, well, I mean, they crucified their their yeah, Messiah, right. yeah. and 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 a crucified Messiah is an oxymoron. Mm. No, no, the Messiah is by definition victorious. Yes, exactly. it doesn't work like this. So he's saying this is. This is a message you have to know in a completely different way. And yeah. it's you know amazing in chapter uh, chapter two. I mean, he says in chapter two, verse four, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, yeah. but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Yeah. Right? This is what you're going to need to get you there so that your faith not might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And then he goes into this really, I, I find this fascinating, and I'm going to skip forward a little bit. Uh, he talks about the way in which we know. Mm. And this, this, uh, f- you know, fascinates me as a student of philosophy. I, like uh, f- from verse eleven of chapter two, uh, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Right? Because because he, he says, you know, uh, the things that no eye has seen and no ear has heard, that no mind can conceive. Right? So he says, there are these things that no mind can conceive, let yeah. alone Greek philosophy. Right? No mind can see, and yet we know it. Yes. Right. But the question is, how do how we does know that it? Happen? Uh, these things, he said, in, he says in verse 10, these, thing, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. spirit right. Mm. Now, listen to this. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Uh, now, he's thinking those deep, dark, unfathomable. He's thinking unfathomable. He's thinking the depths of the ocean. That's his yeah. imagery there. Yeah. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God mm. so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So in a sense, he's saying this, we, we can we can share in a way the very heart of God. Exactly. We can know in a sense from the inside in, in, this, in this very immediate sense, but not in not, so, so he's saying it's not in a deficient way. It's no. actually superior. Yeah, that's right. To philosophical yep. thought and philosophical, and and I'll say scientific knowing. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's an interesting philosophical thought. Is there a way of knowing? I mean, because 
I, I'm getting off. Yeah, yeah. You. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I totally get what you're saying, and it, it, you know, he kind of says essentially he says the Christian gospel cannot be learned or communicated by human wisdom. It's it can only really come from the Holy Spirit, uh, be taught yeah. by the Holy Spirit, and be revealed by yeah. the Holy Spirit. Um, and, I mean, this this you know, I, I know yeah. we know Paul is inspired by the you, yep. you know he's he's writing under the inspiration of the Spirit. This guy, yeah. Like he has some nous as well. It's he's actually not stupid. I mean, yeah. I know he plays this down. Look, I came with foolishness, not with wise and persuasive yeah. words. Yeah. This, you know, yeah. this stuff. This is deep stuff, yeah. you know, and, and revealed to him by the Spirit. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, this is his wisdom. experience. Exactly. Right. Actually, he's only he only knows this because God's revealed because him. because of his experience. Because right. he's re- he's he's been uh, brought into a different way of knowing, like a mm. bigger way of mm. knowing, yeah. uh, and he's grasped elements of. Reality relationally that you cannot grasp yeah. rationally, man. Right. Yeah. This is this is good so. Where stuff. does that leave us with apologetics, for instance? You know, this whole sense of us trying yeah. to sit down and and and, and, and explain something, okay. that, yeah. in, in a kind of human way, when really it's only the Holy Spirit that can reveal. Okay. Let you know. me try and answer that yeah, question in under twenty-five hours. Okay, because okay. right. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to spend <laughs> this the twenty-five. Is part hours. one yeah. of a so, seventeen part. So. Yeah. To, 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 for me to answer that question, we have to just for a moment just define doubt. Now, now okay. doubt, because apologetics is trying to deal with the problem of doubt, doubt. A, a, a certain kind of doubt, a very modern kind of skepticism. I mean, it's a skepticism that was around in the Greek period as well that really started in that period. Now, I would, I would define doubt that doubt is a symptom of trying to know the truth, ultimate reality, in the wrong way. Right. Okay. okay. It's a symptom of trying to know truth in the wrong way. So, trying to have it all tied up, rational, it tangible. It's rational, tangible, not to figure yep. it out with my head, with my rational head, right? Yep. Now, the problem with apologetics, uh, apologetics has its place, but it's, we've got to be very careful because apologetics can be just, can lead people into just doing more of the wrong thing. Right. Oh, so you want rational, let me give you rational exactly. arguments. Now, now, I think rationality does point to God because God created our yeah. rational minds. Yep. So I think there's something valid about that, okay? Yeah. But, it can end up being like you're just feeding a monster. Yes. Like this person is like, yeah, I, I want to view reality in this, you know, in this rational kind of way, have it all summed up like I'm standing outside reality and looking in. Mm. And it's almost like you say, oh, okay, I'll go out where you are. And we'll explain. And we'll, yeah, and, and we'll, we'll try and rationally tie this up in a bow mm. together. Mm. You've, I mean, you've got to be careful with that, you yeah. know. So, um, so there is still a place for it is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, there is still a place because – because God, you know, as I said, rationality is part of because so I think reason does point to God, but the but you know, I remember someone said, Oh, you know, atheist saying, Oh, we should sit down and have a good old debate about. I said, No, 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 thanks. Yeah, I said, I'm happy to share, I'm totally happy to tell you my story and share because I knew that he it would just harden his, yeah, his position, yeah, you know, yeah, and he's just going to go round and round in circles because it's essentially feeding that way yeah. of thinking, yeah. and what needs to change. Is that way of thinking? It's yes. not. It's not even. You know. It's so trying to have a better argument than than that atheist isn't going to get you there. You yeah. just because the whole way of thinking, the channel that you're trying to go, is mm. just not how you get there. And, and to some degree, I guess that's also being willing to accept that some things are a mystery and cannot be explained, and yeah. we have to let the spirit do his that's work right. in our lives. Yeah, you know? that's and right. And as Paul says, it has Paul to be revealed by the by spirit. spirit. Yeah. And actually, that's more a matter of the will. You've got to exactly. be willing to let God be God. Yes. You know, yeah. and then you can know 
kind of from the inside. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, that was under 25 hours. That was good. Yeah. That was really good. I like <laughs> I've, that. I've spent, I've spent most of my academic uh, life focusing on questions like that. So That's great. Um, um, so it, he goes on and talks about um, – uh, goes back to this idea of you know, leadership, leadership in, 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 you know, in the churches again. and yep. personalities – um, he does talk there, though, just important to say, he does talk about the fact that the role of leaders in the church is to serve, not yeah. to be powerful and rule over people. Yeah. But he also talks a bit about the additional burden and accountability yeah. for church leaders. You know, yeah. So he, he he talks about the fact that we shouldn't take, as leaders in the church, we shouldn't be taking that lightly. You know, There's a significant uh, burden of accountability for those of us that are in positions of leadership in the yeah. church. You know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, he comes back, you know, because he... Uh, you know, he says everything will be revealed in the end. For, you right. know, those people at their arguments. I mean, that's all just going to, you know, it's just going to burn up. It's just yep. uh, pointless. Yep. Um, uh, but he points out a danger here as well. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's yes. spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. Mm-hmm. For God's temple is sacred and you you're, you together are that temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... English translation is trying to bring out the emphasis of the Greek was very much on you, plural, together in your unity. Yeah, right. Anyone that fragments the church is destroying God's temple. Okay. A divided church is, it, you know, it, it, I mean, because it's our togetherness that yes. creates, that, that, in a sense, that sacred, uh, the sacred dwelling place of God. Mm. So these fragmenting, you know, getting into all these frag, this problem yep. of fragmentation that's happening in yeah. this church is, yeah. as destroying God's temple. Um, but I think fair to say he's not saying unity at any cost, certainly not unity at the cost of truth. Yeah. You know, there are times where we do need to. And, oh, and, absolutely. He, he moves into that as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, segment. yeah. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so we moving forward now into chapter four. Mm. Um, this uh. is... Um, and, and this comes out of that thought of you are the, you know, you are the temple. Yeah. Now this is interesting because it it means that when when you become a Christian, life isn't about just you anymore. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the first line of uh, Rick Warren's. It's uh, not about you. Purpose driven life. <laughs> yeah, that's right. First line. It's not about you. Yeah. You know, it's one of the, the most prolifically published books in in the history of of. of yep. Actually, um, I love it. It's not about you. We. In our, it's so difficult for for us, you know, because it's about what I want, and and that's none of your business. What what you, because this, you, I mean, in our individualist individualistic culture, we we're going to struggle with where he goes because he addresses a case in the church of well, it's, it's actually a case of incest, which was yes. actually even controversial in Greek culture, right? But there's, you know, they're they're, they're tolerating this within the church, mm. and this is a big issue for you. Shouldn't tolerate with this within the church now. Um, uh, the, the the rationale behind this is that if you tolerate that you're destroying God's temple, right? That there's a yeah. there's a responsibility that we all have, not not to be perfect. There's no sense that people have to be perfect, exactly. But yeah. they, they, there has to be a repentant lifestyle. We have to be on a trajectory. We all stumble and fall, yes. but we have to be committed to getting up again and taking this trajectory. And and if if we're not, it's not just about you. It doesn't mm. just affect you. Mm. It affects the the church because the church is the sacred temple of God. Mm. Now, this is difficult because we can easily, you know, within within the church, uh, we can easily take this uh, mindset. Oh, we've got to, you know, 
we've just got to tolerate, you know, tolerate everyone. And and actually, there's something really good in that because what Paul goes on to say, listen, we don't we don't judge outside, we don't judge non-Christians. Do not judge non-Christians, right? right. We we embrace them, we accept. But if you have been baptized and you have stepped into the church as a baptized believer, Mm. that comes with a responsibility. Yeah, that's right. And there's a, an accountability that I think is so countercultural. Mm-hmm. He, I, you know, yep. um, that- and, and he kind of speaks to the Corinthian church because, in a sense, what you said before, they were actually taking pride in the fact that they were tolerating. This. Yeah, they thought, that oh, was being we, extra gracious. And, yeah, yeah. You know, aren't we good? Yeah, yes. we we tolerate. Yeah, and, we're not we're not judging this person. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You, you you do that, and no, no, he's saying no, no, that's not like he you've kind of partly got the idea because yeah, that's right. because. You know, the, the early church was, you, you know, it was after the example of Jesus. Do mm. not judge people in the, you know, be be open and embracing to people of all different. I, so the problem is 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 that nowadays we can flip that. In, right. I, I this is yeah, where yeah. I think this speaks powerfully to our culture, yeah, absolutely. Because we can, you know, it's like the church wagging the finger at the world. Oh, they're all terrible. Hang on, yeah, what yeah. about us? Yeah, that's right. Stop. Yeah, stop doing that. Yeah. No, you know, and and the issue here is. Um, you know this issue that they're ta- and he says uh, is actually reported. I'll read from the f- yeah, start yeah, of chapter yeah. five because um, uh, I think this is so countercultural, even for us. I think within the church, it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, uh, and that of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. Now there, there, are, I do. I mean, uh, it's not just this problem that's there. No, I mean, that's right. you know, he's going to. But this, about is lots of this is a specific example. This is a specific example. A man yeah. is sleeping with his yeah. father's wife, right? And yeah. you and you are proud, he says, because mm. they, they've got this spiritual prayer. Oh, look at us. We've got spiritual gifts. We're and, accepting. And, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, notice he doesn't separate, like that guy's problem is their problem. Yes. If that guy's doing it, actually, it actually brings everyone down. Yeah. This is this collective way of thinking that is so, uh, I think, counterintuitive yeah. for us, you know. Um uh, and yet you are praying. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning the yes. whole church yes. because of this? And 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 get this, and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this. Mm. Now the reason he says this is because as soon as we become baptized, we we carry the name of, of Christ. We carry the name of Jesus. This is the this this is the third commandment. You mm. shall not take upon yourself the name of God in, in a way that is vain. Mm. That's actually what the commandment means. It's not mm. just talking about uh, swearing, blasphemy, yeah, swearing. That's right. No, that's right. Uh, I mean, it, inc- it includes that, but the, it's very emphatic the way in, in the Hebrew, you shall not take upon yourself mm. the name of God mm. in a way that, and, and of course, so that's giving God a bad reputation. That's right. So you, you have this, so there's a long prophetic tradition and, yes. and Ezekiel is very much when he talks about the, what were the real problems you know, with with the people of Israel that went into exile, it's because they 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 um, they brought dishonor On God's to the name of God because yeah. they carry the name. You brought the name of God into disrepute mm. in the sight of the nations. Yeah. You are meant to be an example. You know, not perfect, not no. perfect, yeah. but an example of a different life trajectory. Yes. And he's saying, Paul, in that long prophetic tradition, this still holds even more so now, right? Yes. Because we carry the name of Jesus. And it's not that this person made a mistake, has been repentant. This is yeah, an yeah. ongoing. Yeah, public, he's like, yeah, no, this is this fine. This is fine. And the church has told him it's fine. Yeah. You know, oh, that's fine. You know, you well, know. They, they, well, well, they, they haven't told him it's fine. They've just, they, they've yeah. just like, oh, yeah, okay. We, we you know, that's yeah. not, that's not, it's not our business to. But they've taken pride in the fact that they're tolerating yeah, it. Yeah. And Paul is saying, no, actually, it is your business mm. uh, to deal with this. Mm. Now, he's not saying everyone in the 
strategies. I mean, you know, I, I think he expects church leadership. Actually, this is church is about accountability. Yeah, that's right. It's it's an you know it's all about accountability, yeah. collective accountability, mm. because together we carry the, the name, name of, of Jesus. Now, I mean, challenging uh, today, I, I, you know, and of course historically, you know, the church has uh, has perhaps because it's overplayed the disciplinary thing now in the past. Swung the other now, way. now we've swung the other way. Mm. Like I get that we've over and we, and it's it was done in the wrong spirit and mm. you know. Uh, it's like the scarlet letter kind of stuff, mm. you know, where it was just done. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Nathaniel Hawthorne's scarlet letter. It's a, you know about the Puritan American. A woman has to wear this this big red A on her because she's committed, you know, right. committed adultery. It's terrible, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, terrible. So that, now that's often people think about. Yeah, but that's the that's the abuse of yes. of what is otherwise a principle of making sure that together yeah. we bear the name of Jesus. Yeah. And discipline in the church that really always, yeah. is always redemptive, should always be redemptive. It's all about trying oh, to course. bring the yeah, brother yeah. back uh, into right living, really. that's and, and if that's the heart and the motive in that discipline, then, you know, that's the right heart. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 that's, that's right. Spot, yeah. I mean, he says, uh, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole yes. batch of dough? Yeah. Like this is going to affect everyone. The whole culture is going to be pulled down uh, mm-hmm. because of this. So, um, uh, you know, he goes on to say, I wrote, uh, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate. I mean, this is going back to an earlier letter because yep. he says not to associate with sexually immoral uh, people. And and the idea is, listen, if you're going to be part of this, you've got to be serious about it. You've got to be on the same trajectory, yes. right? Yep. Because together we carry the name of Jesus. Yes. So yep. for that reason, he says, don't associate with sexually immoral. I know that sounds harsh from our point of view, but he clarifies now, mm. not at all meaning the people of this world yeah, who are right. immoral. Yes. Don't, you know. Uh, he says, or, or, um, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. Um, uh, but I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater or a slander or a drunkard or a swindler. Mm. It's pretty challenging stuff. Mm. I mean, goodness. Mm. Uh, now, he says, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we don't. So the principle of tolerance and, and not ju- that's that stands absolutely but there is a there, there is a um but accountability if you're, that's right. there's a different kind of judgment not the ultimate you know standing in god's judgment seat style judgment mm. but there's a kind of accountability that you agree upon when when you're baptized into the church you're part of something bigger than yourself now and therefore you're in count, you're, you're accountable to the whole yeah. i it's you know, I mean, we, we, you know, can we ever get there in our culture? Uh, like, I, I, I don't, I didn't even know how to be this. This, I thought, whoa, man, this is so challenging. Yes, so yep. challenging. Yeah, I feel like I just need to pause this. Doing the, anyway, um, the next thing that he deals with are, you know, law, and again, in the same vein, about how does this look, folks, guys? Exactly. You're, yeah. It's not about you getting what you want. So they're going to the secular, mm. you know, courts. Well, before you were, move, before you move on to that, man, actually, just one of the things I thought was really interesting was, you know, he draws this picture of the fact that our bodies aren't ours. Once we, as you say, make our commitment to Christ, our body, oh uh, yeah, now is is God's temple. Yeah, and that's so right. So yeah. in entering into the immorality, as we were talking about before, essentially we're taking Christ into that immorality 
with us, you know. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. hence this high elevation of sexual integrity and, oh, yeah. and also recognizing that, you know, uh, the, what Christ did was all about relationship, relationship with God, relationship yeah, with yeah. one another and relationship with our environment. And so it just it yeah. burns all of those yeah. things. See, we, we, so. we have taken this, the sacred element, the, yep. the spiritual yep. element out of sexuality. Yeah, that's right. So it's just about, you know, pleasure. And if it doesn't exactly. hurt anyone, then it's, but yeah. actually, no, no, no. You're thinking a one dimensional view mm. of sexuality. It was intensely spiritual, mm. uh, understood in, in the biblical worldview. It is intensely spiritual. Mm. So it's, it's often associated with idolatry. In fact, it's mm. so, uh, you know, that, yeah. that and, so. and then they also say, cause I thought this was a really good thing that, you know, that the argument they try to give to Paul is about freedom, you know, well, we're, we're, we're living in freedom under grace now. So yeah. doesn't that mean we can do whatever yeah. we want? And Paul's kind of response was, yeah, but you also need to be free, to, free from your desires. You know, it's like, mm. are they ruling you now? Then? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it was just, it is really challenging stuff. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And particularly, in the context of yeah. church, church life, and yeah, yeah, uh, that yeah, that's right. So, sorry, moving on to the yeah. So, so the next thing he, the he deals <clears throat> is the you know is this people having um at, uh, having I guess in uh, disputes d- disputes taking each other court and probably over some kind of property, yeah. you know, uh, property things. Mm. No, it's mine. It's mine. It's you know. Mm. Th- now this what he says here does not um take away from. Uh, any sense that we as Christians have a right to go and seek Take litigation. Home, I mean, yeah, right. you know, because, the, you know, law courts and doing justice is held in really high yeah, regard still, throughout yeah. scripture. Yep. The problem here is that he's saying you're going to secular law courts, which in this culture were in public, they're in public, public yeah. they're in public squares. Yeah. Everyone had come to watch, right? Yeah. So imagine this, you, you've every, you, oh, come and watch these two guys fighting it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they're two believers. Yes. Yep. And they're fighting it over can't this property. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Paul's saying, guys. So it's not that he's saying that syst- judicial systems are not good and they, that they can't be used. or. Mm. But he's, he's, this is where he points to the bigger picture. Guys, mm. what, j- just remember what you're part of here. Yeah. It's, yep. wouldn't you, wouldn't, isn't it better to be wronged? He says that. Yes. It's better to be wronged, actually. And to preserve the glory of the name of Jesus before all of those people that are watching on, yeah. like better to be defrauded and be than than bring disrepute yeah. uh, to the name of to the name of Christ. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's you know that that's a chance. So he's not he's not setting. It's not like he's setting uh, a law here that that Christians can never go to. It's you know in this context, it's about the principles, guys. How does this look? Just be conscious. Because it's not about you anymore. It comes no, back to right. that point. It's not your life isn't about you anymore. Yeah. It's you represent Jesus together in this situation, yeah. and the world is watching. And uh, that's right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, he goes on uh, now to in, in chapter seven. He this is where actually he thus far he's dealt with just major issues uh, in the church. He is going to come back to that, yeah. but he actually now in chapter seven he starts dealing with specific questions that came through in the letters. Yes. So he says, verse seven, now for the matters you wrote about. <laughs> yeah, so, I'll get to that. Yeah. So um, the, one of the things that they, that they wrote about, and again, this is, this, these guys, I mean, they're all, they're, they're in terrible state. They're divisive. They're falling into sexual immorality and, and it's, it's a terrible situation, but, oh no, but they think they're really spiritual, you know, they're yeah. really spiritual. Yeah. And, and in fact, that, this is part of this overrealized eschatology thing because they think, oh, now in in the in the age of the kingdom of God, well, there's no Jesus said there's no marriage or giving in marriage. They're yeah. probably thinking so we're that. there already. Yeah, yeah exactly. so we're yeah. there already. Yep. So, 
um, so we should no one should marry anymore. Mm. Now that's just translating into promiscuity, really. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, exactly. it's not you know yeah. it's not kind of really working. Uh, so. Uh, now for the matters you wrote about, in inverted commas, uh, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. That's what they wrote. Right. Okay. Yep. But, he says, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man sh- should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. Uh, the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to a husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body but yields it to her husband in the same way. Now, this is yeah. this is amazing in that culture in mm. which... You'd put a full stop there. That's right. But he says, in the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Yeah. Man. You know, and again, that is built on this this really, again, in that time, countercultural, counter-cultural yeah. quite revolutionary idea of the equality uh, of the, uh, you know, of the sexes. Yeah. Um, so basically, he's saying, guys, okay, um, Marriage is good. It's a good thing, yes. right? This is and 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 uh, and sex belongs within, within the, marriage. the marriage commitment, right? Yep. It's a sacred union to become one flesh. I mean, you could really say that sex is marriage, right? Mm. Mm. But but it, it it you know it needs to it it must belong within that marriage commitment. Not you know not just when whenever and whenever. Actually, when the commitment is made, uh, is yeah. made. However, he admits that in this present period. Uh, the, the, you know, there, there are some people will be called to lives of, of singleness. Yeah, you know, right. yep. and he uses himself as an example. But mm. if if that's not given to you to do that, mm. right? Don't, because maybe they thought, oh well, well Jesus. You know, I mean, they, they've misunderstood probably what Jesus said about, mm. you know, in the kingdom of God, and he's talking about the future aspect of the kingdom of God. There'll be no marriage or yeah. Um, uh, and the interesting thing here is that Paul was probably married because in the day rabbis were required to be ordained rabbis were required to be married. So we don't we don't hear anything yeah, about it, his it may, wife. Well, um, she may he, have he died. Does, but, but no, he, no, he was clearly single because he, he at he this talk, point in time. Yes, yeah, at this yes, point in time. Yes. So I mean, his wife may, may have passed away. Yeah, or, exactly. I mean, we, we don't yeah. know. So it's not like I guess what I'm saying is it's not like he's speaking from someone outside of the experience of marriage. He's he's speaking yeah, from yeah. someone who. Yeah. Although we don't know the details. Yeah, we, we don't quite know the details, but at least, yeah, at this point, mm, he's Paul's not. Sure. So, so they're yeah. probably misunderstanding something that Jesus said, but also looking at Paul and think, oh, that's the, Paul, you know, that's yeah. the spiritual way to go. Right. Yeah. And so they're all trying to do that. But he's saying, no, 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 whoa, 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 wait, wait a second. And and he's admitting that, yes, for some people, that, that that's a way to go. And in fact, he says, actually, it's kind of good because given the present situation, mm. um, you know, it helps us to focus. Actually, it helps you to focus on on ministry. Yeah. You know, which, I mean, in this in this particular at this particular time, I mean, look what, uh, you know, Paul is. You know, is this itinerant ministry would have been hectic to try and take a take a family. Although Peter did, uh, you know, right. Paul refers to the fact that Peter takes along, you know, uh, travelled with with his wife. So, yeah. Um. So he he affirms that yes, it is good. For the sake of focusing and devoting yourself wholly to the Lord, yes, it is. It is good to be single. Yeah. Um, I mean, which in our culture, singleness is like a deficiency. Yes. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, 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 this singleness is does have its place. Yes. Now they're thinking everyone has to be. Yes. Um, and that's why he's kind of clear. And he says, "I'm not making a rule here. It's like whatever's right for you. Yeah. You need to do and what. Yeah. And and both are good. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's right. But so long as they're kept, uh, you know, in in the bounds of which they should be kept. If yeah. you're not married, then you stay away from sexual. Yeah. And if you are married, then it should stay within the, yeah. the married covenant. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So he's saying, 
so he goes on to say, listen, when, when you come to faith, don't, cha- don't let no one change their status. Yes. Okay, because that's not yet. This is the not yet thing because you know, there's this strong sense that now is, that the now is, is a passing period, right? Now is about mission. Mm. Now is not where, where the, the world the system is gonna, not going to change now. Yes, yeah. the, the world system gets changed at the end. Now we're within the world system and we're, you know, we're building the, the king, you know, the kingdom is breaking into the world system, but the world system gets destroyed Dreading finally end. when Jesus right. returns, right? Mm. So he's saying, okay, so don't try, we're not doing revolution here. We're not doing, you know, if, if, uh, if you're a slave, don't try and you know break out. Although he says, if you do, can acquire your, if you can get your freedom, do yes, please do 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 yes. so. Yeah. Um, and and eventually the church is going to actually be instrumental in in enabling that yes. first in the medieval period, and then of course famously uh, in the early eighteen late seventeen hundreds, yep. early eighteen hundreds. Um, so uh, you know, so if you're married, stay married. You know, yep. but then he also deals with the fact: look, if you are married and and uh, the, the the non-believing spouse wants to go, you know, wants to go because the, the, you know whatever. Mm. Let them, yep. you know, let them go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and that would have been probably a fairly co- um, common occurrence because Christianity is a new thing. So there's lots of people that are potentially coming to faith in yeah. a married situation where one does, perhaps before the other, or. Only yeah. and the other doesn't ever, and so he's yeah. addressing that issue as a yeah. very real issue in the context. Yeah, of the and day. and I think look, yeah. he he also knows that things are heating up now as the Christian movement is growing. Mm. I think he's sensing persecution. I mean, he knows that Jesus said it was inevitable. Yeah, that persecution is is stirring here, and yeah. uh, you know, and we're about to go into Nero's, you know, into Nero's reign, and and it's gonna think it's gonna get hard. And I think Paul knows that. Of course, Paul is going to be martyred yes. himself yeah. uh, under Nero. Yeah. So I think for that, you know, I think he knows. Look, it's getting rugged. That's why he thinks, uh, you know, probably singleness, particularly within that uh, yeah. space, is, no, you know, is particularly important. Yeah. I'll, I'll finish with this, Stu, this yeah, quote from, um, uh, from chapter 7. He says, what I, mean, th- th- what I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. And it's interesting. It, it's not so much chronologically short, but there's an urgency about the now because yeah. the next thing on the prophetic calendar the next thing is the return of is, is the return of Christ. Christ. Now remember, yeah. Peter says, uh, uh, you know, with the with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. Mm. But he says, from now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not; those who mourn as if they did not; those who are happy as if they were not; those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep; and those who use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them. For the world, in its present form, is passing away. You know, I mean, it's such a challenge to our very perm. It's all about the here and then. No, he says this is passing away. So yes, be married, have property, do do all of these things, but hold it loosely, loosely. hold each other thing. loosely. Don't yeah. you know this is not permanent? It's it's all passing away. So live accordingly. Life is about mission. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. We really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading as we go through the Bible with Thrive. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper and thrive. Thrive.